0: To be in the house of God on New Year's Day, and I pray that we are in for a blessed year. And uh, what I want to do today, and, and for those who haven't heard the sermon that I bought just before Christmas, the message, uh, I encourage you to get hold of it. I want to continue without making it too disjointed. Uh, the title of my message is Salvation. I believe that we, by opening our life to Christ and giving a heart to Jesus, we've actually embraced the greatest reality that earth could ever, ever have offered us. And it was somehow in a way that we were disconnected from reality. But the moment you open your heart to Jesus, God is able to redeem us and he's able to establish us the way he created us to be. And I I believe it's a great privilege. Salvation for me is not something I take lightly. I think sometimes we can enter into salvation and become religious, but we do not actually value the real inherent nature of the Christ who lives and dwells within our humanity. And he wants us to have better marriages. He wants you to, and I use the word carefully, prosper. Not for selfish reasons, but for the sake of the kingdom of God. He wants you to be in health. He wants you to enjoy relationships with one another. The enemy wants to put division. He wants to create anger. He wants to create offense. He's always trying to sow seeds that divide. And one of the most helpful scriptures in the Bible or books or as I've studied, thought about uh, just salvation and how it works for me is the book of Nehemiah. Because the book of Nehemiah is a story about a man who looked upon Jerusalem as he asked questions and found out that it was there, but the walls that protected it were broken down. They weren't able to protect that city against the enemy. So just in short, just backing up a little, our lives are like that. Jerusalem is like our soul. In our soul, like Jerusalem, it had a temple. The temple is where your spirit, it's where God abides. It's where Christ comes, He dwells within our spirit. We're born again of the spirit. But like Jerusalem, when our soul is not protected by a wall of salvation, we can actually be a believer in Christ but constantly being robbed of the very things that God wants to bring to our life, we're exposed. It's like inherently in our heart, we're born again. We've got this incorruptible seed. It dwells. It abides in us. But somehow we're exposed. Our, our soul is exposed. Our mind, our emotion. As Vince said, and I know Vince. I've known him for years. After year after years, I've seen his worry. But it never, ever negated the fact that he loves Jesus. But he had a broken wall. Part of the wall around his soul was broken down. And it gave the enemy the ability to get in. I'm sorry for using you, Vince. I hope you don't mind, but you've shared it publicly. But it it gave the enemy the right to get into Vince's soul through worry and short circuit the very thing that God wanted to do in and through his life. And sometimes we have a passive Christianity, we think of prosperity, we think of favor. Oh, well, God's gonna favor me, I'll just stand, lift my hands, and we don't do anything about it. But from what I've learned, is you actually do have to do something about it. You've actually got to deal with worry. You've got to deal with anxiety. You've got to deal with fear. You've got to deal with unbelief you've got to deal with all the things around your soul that are robbing you of the very things that God wants to bring to you. And that's why a lot of Christians live disillusioned because in their heart, they, they, they know, they love God inherently, they, they're born again, they've got something going on in their life, but constantly in their mind, their emotion, their will, they're being robbed of the very things that God wants to bring to them. And that's why it says in the Bible in Isaiah, It says, you shall call the wall salvation. Because salvation is not just a moment when you are saved. Salvation is also a process of you being saved. You're being saved from yourself. You're being saved from the work of evil that wants to rob you of the very things that God wants to bring to you. And that's why a lot of Christians, inherently in their heart, they've got this belief but the devil is constantly getting in. He gets in through lust. He gets in, in through anxiety. He gets in through fear. He gets in through uh, uh, anger. He gets in through offense. He, he's, got, he's got the ability to get in. And so what I shared two weeks ago, and I believe it's so important because this year is a year of favor. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna prophesy favor without you knowing how to get it. You hear me? <laughs> We've got to. You'll you sit there and say, Well, I'm taking favor, but you've got to know how to protect what God's given you. And you've got to build walls. Come on, you've got to build walls of salvation. The walls of salvation are the, are, are the ability to take God's word and put a wall up and say, No longer will the enemy rob me. I now have a wall that establishes who I am. It says, The walls are salvation. But Isaiah says the gates of praise. Gates give right for things to enter and they give right for things to get out. In fact, one of the gates around Jerusalem was called the dung gate. Why? Because they didn't have a sewage system. It had to all go out through a gate. Some of you need to get rid of some dung. Just letting you know. Another gate was called the fish gate. They all had names. They all had meanings. So the gates were there to govern what came in, but also govern what went out. And in our life, that's how we've got to live. Salvation is not just coming to church. Salvation is not just saying I'm a Christian. Salvation is not just paying your tithes. Salvation is living with the reality of an incorruptible seed in your humanity that helps you have a better marriage, understands the direction of your life, gives you the ability to change from the very things that the enemy is using to rob you of. That's why for me, the book of Nehemiah is a powerful book. I mentioned two weeks ago, sometimes our self worth we're always comparing. We don't know who we are. We look at someone and think, if I was just that person, I'd be better off. No, you are you. Created in the image of God. Build a wall. You're you, you of value. The Bible says you're created in His image. You do not need to try and be someone else. Self-worth is a powerful area. M- your moral compass. I want to speak, come on, not just young people. We need a moral compass. How do you build a moral compass, a wall that protects you? Come on, watch what you watch. Come on, watch what you watch. If you're watching sleazeballs movies, you don't have a wall. And then you wonder why you get tempted. Watch what you read. Come on, I'm serious. Some Christians, I listen to what they read and what they watch, and I think, no wonder you've got trouble. And they think, oh, no, no, I'm above that. Come on, don't be prudish. No, if you are watching rubbish, you have a, you have a wall broken down and you're inviting garbage into your life. You might be a believer, but you're actually being seduced from something external, not internal. Health. Sometimes we need to watch our health. We need to protect our body, our financial prosperity. The number of people who are financially in debt to credit cards is astonishing. Come on, Christians, let's get on the positive. Let's not be on the negative. Come on, delay gratification. Say it with me, delayed gratification. That means you don't need to borrow, incur debt to just live your life. Put it off. Relationships. Every relationship comes under pressure. Doesn't matter who you are, you will have relationship pressure. But learn to forgive. Build a wall of salvation saying, I am going to be a man or a woman who knows how to forgive. I can remember declaring when we were in Wanganui, I prayed a prayer, I said, God, help me to be a man who forgives. It doesn't mean I haven't been tempted. The enemy has sought to break down that wall, but I put up a wall and said, no, I'm gonna do all I can to forgive. I'm not gonna let bitterness get in my heart. I'm gonna release people from my judgment and it's helped me. It's kept my spirit free. But the moment you get offended, you get judgmental, the wall's broken down, the enemy gets into your soul, and he will destroy the very thing you want in life. Career options. I believe totally that God knows the best choice for your direction in life. Totally. I believe it. I started, many of you know, I started as a farmer, but that wasn't God's choice. He trained me. As a young man, I could never, ever have seen myself being a preacher and a teacher. In fact, I think if the people who uh, educated me at high school saw me doing what I'm doing now, they would laugh and say, that could not be possible. (laughs) But God saw. He knew the gift. He knew the career. And I'm using the word career, the works for which I was called to do. He destined me. And when you understand that, you connect. Community, never live in isolation. Build a wall that says, I need people. Amen? Why? Because people develop you. We need one another. And today, what I want to go on and build on, so I've just established a a foundation again, and and I encourage you to get the the, uh, link and go back over that sermon, because I believe right now God is preparing us for prosperity and favor. Come on, how many believe that? How many want it? How many would like 2017 to be marked with favor and prosperity? If you haven't got your hand up, you are actually disconnecting with God. Why? Because it's his, 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 his design to bring favor to our life. And the reason why a lot of us aren't is because we haven't got the walls of salvation, we haven't got the gates established, and that's another area, but I don't want to go so much there today. God, what, so what God is doing is bringing favor. And, and when you come back, and I want the whole chapter uh, one of Nehemiah to go up on the board, and, and I'll just pick up from verse four. It says, so it was when I heard these things, he had asked questions. And I believe right now, 2017, the best gift you could give to your life is ask a question about your current reality. Ask a question. How well is your moral compass? How well is your self-worth? Just ask a question. What's your relationships with other people like? Are you judgmental? Just ask a question. Because the moment Nehemiah heard the answer, the Bible says, when I heard this, when I uh, sorry, verse four, so it was when I heard these things, I sat down and wept and mourned for many days. I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. So he didn't didn't react with judgment. He reacted towards God. I think burdened people change the world. Burdened people. People who let their spirit be touched. That's what changes. If you want to change yourself, be burdened by your current reality. Be burdened by it. Don't just accept it. Be burdened by it. Let God touch you. And sometimes we do need to sit down and just weep a little. Perhaps we do need to fast. I'm not putting it on. I'm not making This is not a religious sermon. This is an action sermon. It's actually learning to deal, create the platform so that you can establish the wall that's going to protect you. Then it goes on. They said, and I said, I pray Lord God of heaven, great and awesome God, who keeps your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments and the statutes nor the ordinances which you have commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me, say return to me, And I'm not saying your way, but if you return to me. You say, right now, there's things that are not right in my life. You return to me. There's areas that I need to work on. You return to me. I pray, if you return to me, keep my commandments and do them. Though some of you were cast out to the farthest parts of the heavens, yet I will gather them from there and bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now, these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. And then it goes on, oh Lord, I pray. Make, make perhaps verse 11 your favour scripture for the year. I pray, please let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servants. And the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name. And let your servants prosper this day. I pray and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I am the king's cupbearer. He was just a man who delivered wine to the king. But yet he changed the nation. He changed the nation. You can change your life. By simply acknowledging that Christ in you is greater than any force that's outside you. You can change your life. And today I just want to bring the prayer aspect very quickly. And, and perhaps I'm, I'm sure I didn't take notice who was playing the keyboard. But I wouldn't mind if you, oh, Rebecca, thanks. Just, just four quick areas about prayer. You and I are created to communicate with God. That's how we create created. We're created to be in communion with Him. And, and, and prayer is not something you do only when you're in a corporate gathering. Prayer has got to become part of who you are. It's the essence of who you are. It's something you do. It's something when you walk by yourself. You're in a car. You don't have, you, you, there might be times when you lock yourself in a room, but you are constantly in a place of communication. And number one, if you just want to talk about prayer as we come into the year, prayer begins with thanksgiving and praise for who God is. And he and Nehemiah, he didn't come with his need. He came and he lifted up who God is. If you read it, it just says, I pray in verse 5, Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, You who keep your commandments. And a lot of prayer, in a way, just comes to God because it has a need. But the greatest prayers are people who know how to lift their hands and magnify God. They know how to praise Him. They know how to lift Him up. And what thanksgiving and praise does in our spirit is it lifts us from being self-focused to being God-focused. I've said this before, but we've got to know how to enter His presence. We've got to learn. You don't come into God's presence with your need. You come into God's presence where you say, God, I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are my deliverer. You're my victory. You've you've kept me. You've sustained me. You've provided for me. But today, I praise you because you're the rock of my salvation. You are the Lord of glory. You are my redeemer. You are the one who overshadows me with your presence. You are my covering. You are my my bounty. You're the one who who, who sustains. You're the one who who redeems. You're the one who attires. You're the one who delivers. You're the one who forgives. You're the one who restores. As you do, you're lifting something of your spirit into the presence of God. Come on, how many praises are in the house today? How many people have got something in their spirit that just wants to lift up and say, God, in 2017, I'm going to go to a new level. I'm going to get a new language in the area of praise and thanksgiving. I'm not going to take you for granted. I'm not just going to be a religious jerk. And I think there are a lot of religious jerks around. They have all the talk. But if you really analyze what their life is like, and I can't determine what their life is like by themselves. But I left my my little cabin among a fire this morning at five fifteen. Got in my car. And I determined it takes an hour. Sam, an hour and 10. Me, because I keep the road rules, an hour and 20. <laughs> <laughs> but I determined from the time I left Mangafi, my car is going to be my place where I speak in tongues and I praise him till I get to Auckland. And I did. Why? For me, that's a wall. It's a wall. It protects my spirit. It builds something into my heart. God, I praise you. God, I lift you up. I can declare, I've prayed for Sam and Kathy. I've named every one of my family members before the throne of grace this morning. I have lifted them up. I've given God thanks. I'm declaring His salvation. I'm declaring His abundance. I'm not surprised that all my kids love the Lord because they're surrounded by prayer. They're surrounded by praise. They're surrounded by thanksgiving. We don't, we're don't. we not religious jerks. Come on, we're entering in. We're, we're delivering people to the throne of grace. And we're saying that you are the great I Am. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. You're the God who sustains. You're the God who delivers. You go from one generation to another generation to another generation. That's how you work. But so often we get into church and we, we just do the Christian thing. But we forget about living the Christ being in communion, living with him, sustained. The second part of the prayer is he reminds God, he is reminded that God hears the cries. He, heard, he reminds him that he heard the cry of the children of Israel when they were in bondage in Egypt. He heard their cry. God sent Moses. And sometimes you you just got to get that cry in your spirit. God, I've had enough. Helen said, Don't yell this morning, but I just did. (laughs) Where's the burden? Where's the burden right now for your current deficiency? Where's your burden for your lack? Where's your burden? For an unlust member of your family. Where's the burden? Where's the burden? Where's Where's the part that causes you to cry out? So what strengthened Nehemiah was he reminds God. Sometimes you've got to remind God of what he's done in the past. You've helped me here, Jesus. I now come and I bring this to you. I remind you of who you are. I remind you of what you've done. I remind you right now I'm building my faith. You've delivered me in the past. You've set me free in this area. Now I remind you, I've got a burden in this area. Please God, come and help me. Come and help me. Come on, I'm going to a new level of faith this year. I'm going to a new place in 2017. I'm I'm positioning myself for favour. I'm not going to accept the mundane. I'm not going to even accept where I currently am. 2016, I prayed this prayer, I think just about every day of the year, uh, every day, right through 2000. I can't say every day because it would be a lie, but almost. I wait on you, Lord. Your word says those who wait on you, you renew their strength. I might be 68, but I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get stronger and stronger. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to mount up like the wings of an eagle. Man, I'm going to soar. Man, I'm going to do things easier than I've ever done. I'm not going to worry about the things on the earth. Why? Because I'm going to see from your perspective. And then it goes on, it says, I shall run. Come on, say, I shall run and not get weary. I shall walk. And I won't faint. I'm not going to give up. I prayed. That was my prayer for 2016. I want a God-inspired prayer for 2017. Why? Because I know through 2016, God answered my prayer. I feel stronger now than I did at the beginning of 2016. I've soared in the Spirit. God speaks to me in the night hours. God is giving me revelation. God's taking me to places. Why? Because I've prayed it. I've prayed it. I've spoken it. Come on. We see something. Something happening in the spirit. We see something happening under the anointing. Come on, we're going to get up there. We're going to get up there. And then I start saying, "Man, I can still run." Amen. I'm not going to let the enemy rob me of my faith. My faith is not going to get lower and dwindle down. It's going to get stronger and stronger. Come on, stronger. Stay stronger, stronger. Come on. Some of you need a boot up the backside. You'd be so lethargic. You'd be so apathetic. Come on, speaking to you prophetically. Your Christianity is is bordering on being boring. You've got no fresh revelation. You're doing the thing, but you're not letting Him do His thing. You wonder why you're vulnerable. You wonder why you're exposed. Come on, I'm putting a burden in your spirit. I'm exposing you in the spirit. Why? Because God is wanting us to come. He's wanting to favour you. He's wanting to favor you. He's wanting to favor you. Come on, I'm saying it again. He's wanting to favor you. He's wanting to prosper you. Come on, don't listen to the sound of the community. Christians are going to be known for buying houses in Auckland, even though everybody says it's impossible. Come on, we're going to do it. Some of the greatest businesses are going to be birthed. Some of the greatest churches are going to be planted. Why? Because people get a sense of what God wants. So the first thing is, come on, you enter. You, you begins with thanksgiving. It begins with praise. You're lifting God up for who He is. You remind Him. Say, I remind Him. Come on, what are you going to remind God of? You're going to remind Him that He provided in the past. I remember coming back from London and Helen and I took a step of faith, not really knowing where our provision was. and I, I still remember her words so clearly. I can't remember how old we were entering our 60s. And she just said, look, she just said, I don't know where our provision's coming, but hasn't God provided for us in the past? Why do we need to worry now? Why do we need to worry? And it was just like a word. You don't have to work all things out with your mind. But you've got to trust him. You've got to get into a position where God is real. The third area is that it needs to come a prayer of confession. Prayer of confession. Of past wrongs. I I, I respect Vince's testimony this morning. He said, man, we could have a university for (laughs) warriors. You get a degree in worrying. Wouldn't that be good? (laughs) But But he acknowledged it. Confession is the beginning of something new. I love what the Bible says. It says in Acts chapter three, verse nineteen. It says, "Repent, therefore, that times of refreshing may flow from the throne of grace." Repent, therefore. How many want to be refreshed? Come on. How many want to be refreshed? Never see repentance as. <laughs> No, 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 it's just simply, wow, well, I think I've just been an idiot. I've done that wrong. I love you, Jesus, but I've got no wall protecting my soul. I've got no gate governing what comes in and out. In fact, we've really wanted to be known as your, 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 your people, but really when it comes to our soul, we do our own thing. Don't you tell me what I should think in my mind. But God says His commandments, His words are created for your well-being. They're never there to impose. In fact, the, the greatest point of freedom for me when I, was when I, when I just defined sin as my own self-destruction. It disappoints God because we're destroying, through sin, we destroy what God has created or the person God's created us to be. And when Nehemiah stood and he just said, God, not only do I, do I confess, but on behalf of my nation, on behalf of my nation, I confess, I, we, we've acted, we've acted, we, we, we want to be your people. God, don't tell us what to do. I say that again because I don't think you got it. (laughs) We want to be your people, but please don't tell us what to do. But God's got to speak into our heart. God's got to speak into our life. In London, for some reason, I don't know why, but I did something I declared I'd never do. We got too much money on a credit card. I remember coming to God and I just said, God, I just come on, give me, give me, give me a windfall. What we've done is wrong. And I said, I'm sorry. And I remember just clearly sitting there, you know, God, please, I need money. Come on. How many have you ever prayed that prayer? <laughs> Give me money, God, God. It's not going away, God. It's getting bigger. And you know what? The Holy Spirit just spoke into my spirit as clear as anything. He said, Bruce, cut it up. Cut the credit card up. So I got a pair of scissors out. It says, that's the end, Helen. Together we cut the credit card. And you know, that became the beginning of God's abundance. It became the beginning. Some of you need to cut your credit cards up don't know who I'm talking to. Come on, you're living. You're living beyond your means. You just need to live in a reality of where you are. So it's almost like, can I use the word self-indulgence? It's almost like you have to have. No, no, come on, let's have a reality check. Why am I saying this? I'm a believer. But what's protecting me? Come on, what's protecting me? What wall of salvation right now is broken down? What, what's protecting me? Why? Because the enemy was out there in the, in the book of Nehemiah, the enemy's names were Sambalat and Tobiah, and they were constantly trying to, 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 to get in against what Nehemiah was doing. Today I believe, this year, come on, I I hope you hear my heart that this year's a year of favour, and I believe the Holy Spirit, my part in it is to help you to apprehend favour. How many want to apprehend favor? It's not just a prayer. It's about building, it's about establishing. My humanity, my humanity is like yours. I've had to work on some walls. I've had to work on some gates. I've had to work on some areas. Why? Because as I do, I establish freedom in my humanity and my spirit. But sometimes we, 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 we sit in church and we get more and more condemned and disillusioned because we stand and we know what God can do, but the enemy is exposed to our soul. We haven't built the walls. We're not confessing. We're not saying, God, I right now, I feel so burdened. I am so sorry. I remember the credit card thing. I just said, God, I am so sorry. I have done what I shouldn't have done. I remember coming to Auckland and establishing this church. I got all the ex-pastors, it was a miracle, all came together in a room. And I said, look, I've heard some stories about this church. And they started to share the background. And I just stood there and I said, would you, as pastors who have led this church, stand with me and let's hold hands. And take responsibility for what we've done wrong. And I remember praying a prayer. I was just a new person on the block, but I said, right now, in the name of Jesus, we, we take responsibility. We confess that we've done things that have hurt people. We've done things that are wrong. We ask you, God, to forgive us. We ask you, God, to restore us. as the beginning of God establishing something new. It's the same in your humanity. Don't just go through life thinking, oh, well, it's under the blood. No, no, come on, take responsibility. And the last one is prayer lays hold of God's prosperity and favor. Lays hold of it. I want to prosper. You mightn't like that language, but I want to prosper. I want to have favor in my life. Why? Because poor people can't help poor people. I want to be blessed so I can be an overwhelming blessing. I want to have enough to do everything that God has called me to do. I don't want to be operating from on the back foot. I want my children and my grandchildren to follow a God who rewards those who seek him. I'll say that again because I thought it was quite good. <laughs> I want my children and grandchildren to see that God rewards those who seek Him. But sometimes we live opposite to the Word of God. And that's why Psalm 1, and this is where I have closed today, Psalm 1 is an amazingly powerful. Perhaps it's prophetic for you. Just so I get the words, I think I can quote it, but I I do want to get it right. My quoting's not the best. But listen to the words. Blessed is the man. Say blessed. Say it again, blessed. Say it strong. When you say blessed, you often just think, oh, God, bless me. But actually blessed, if you actually would have gone, to Hebrew is a strong word. It's not saying blessed. Blessed. It's got an authority with it. Come on, you ready? One, two, three. Blessed. Come on, blessed. It's got it's got depth to it. It's got a sound to it. It's not just blessed. It's blessed. Now listen to the instruction. Blessed is the man or the woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. How many want a prosperous 2017? Come on, watch who you hang around with. Watch who you hang around with. Watch who you keep company with. Perhaps even some Christians might need to disappear out of your world because they're pulling you down all the time. Be nice to them, but don't listen to their counsel. Don't invite them into your world. Not everyone's going to speak into my world, I'll tell you now. You might come up to me afterwards and have a word from God. I will determine whether I receive it or not. Why? Because I protect my spirit. I watch over it. I guard it. I'm not going to let someone come in and speak something that will undermine what I know God is doing. But listen to the word. But his or her delight is in the law of the Lord. I'm on holiday. I'm a pastor. This is my job. This book. You might ask me, what do I do on holiday? Get up in the morning, make a cup of coffee, go on a deck chair, get my journal out, and feed my soul. I feed it. I feed it. Early morning fishing has to go on delay a little, but it comes later on in the day. I feed my soul. Is it, is it legalism? No, I tell you not. It's not legalism. Otherwise, my marriage is based on legalism. That's based on relationship. I could never have survived with Helen if we didn't relate. Never survived. I can't can't survive with Jesus without relating, getting his word in my heart. Nehemiah I read a book that God kick-started something in, but then it became a life source to develop my humanity. I prayed, God help me. You listen. He shall, she shall, she shall, she shall, he shall. Be like a tree. Is this your prophetic word? Like a tree planted by rivers of water that bring forth fruit in its seasons, whose leaf also shall not wither, and in whatever he or she does, they shall prosper. They shall prosper. Why? Because they understand the walls are, come on with me, the walls are, I haven't taught you well enough. I'll start again, so you better get it right. The walls are salvation. salvation. The gates are praise. Your doing is important, but it will never save you. If your Christianity is only based around what you do, you're in trouble. In trouble. You've got to learn to be. You've got to learn to be. And right now, Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, is in this room. The one who understands your humanity more than you do. He never crushes you when you fall over, He's merciful. He's so good. He's so kind. He always puts his hand out and he lifts us up. He never condemns. He never destroys. That Jesus is in this room. He's not here to condemn you for what your past is about, but He's here to bring you to the one who can resolve your past so that you can enter into your future. Why? Because He's a God of favor. He's a God of abundance. He's a God who so loves you that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that you and I might be saved, born again, and made strong. Will you stand with me? Just where you are, just lift your hands right across this room this morning. oh, I don't know why, I just have such a burden in my spirit for those who love him, but somehow the busyness of life has robbed you from the reality of just knowing him. 2017 is going to be marked by God stirring people's spirit, God touching people's humanity. Right now, Holy Spirit, I release you. I release you, I release your anointing, I release your presence.